I want to talk for a little while to us about something that uh, uh, came to mind as I was reading an article that was written by a brother, Jerry Kendall. Uh, I don't actually know him, but I thought it was a very good article, and I thought it was very applicable, something that we could use uh, even right now for many of us. And so I thought I would talk about this subject, but as I began to develop it, with his ideas, my ideas, and, and putting things together, it got a little bit lengthy. And so what I'm going to do, because I think, it's, uh, I think it will be beneficial to us, I'm going to break it in half. And so, Lord willing, I'll preach uh, half this morning, and then uh, next Sunday morning we'll finish it up. And so I just titled it, When Sickness Comes. When Sickness Comes. You know, we've lived long enough to know that sickness will come. Sooner or later, it's going to come. Sickness may come and, and to the very best of God's people. Just because you're godly people does not mean you'll never get sick. That's not any promise that God has ever made. It will come. It will come to our loved ones. We've already experienced that, haven't we? You know, and so did Jesus. You remember his good friend Lazarus? The Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. You probably had some of your friends, close friends, maybe your best friends that become sick at times. That happens. We can expect that. Our friends get sick. It saddens us when they get sick and we try to do what we can to help them, but still, it's a fact of life. Sickness comes. It comes to our friends. It comes to our parents. We just studied, in, or we will study, in Genesis 48, uh, verse 1. The Bible says, It came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. I remember very vividly when my father became sick. I remember times when my mother was sick. And uh, it makes us sorrowful. We, we don't want our parents to be sick. But they, they get sick. That's... That's part of life. Sickness comes. And I guess one of the saddest things that, that I have seen in life is when children become sick. You remember when your children, if they're grown now, when they were small, and uh, they would be sick at times, and they'd be burning up with fever, and their eyes would be sometimes bloodshot, and they would just feel so bad, or they'd be nauseous and things like that. And, and you want to care for them and do for them, and you just, if, if you could have had your will, you would have taken that sickness on yourself. Little, little ones are, it's so sad to see them when they're in that situation, and you really can't sometimes do a whole lot. Well, that's the way it was with David in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible says, And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. You remember how David prayed to the Lord, and he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't take a bath. He was just praying that God would, would uh, heal that, that little baby. And that's a... It's a sad thing when you see babies in that condition and, and uh, when you see them when they've got tubes in them and perhaps even on ventilators and things. They, they can be very, very sick and, and that can come. It can come to your children. It can come to, to your grandchildren. It will come to most of us. And many of us have already been sick. 
at different times. It came to Job. You remember in Job chapter 2, verse 7? So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto the crown of his head. He was in a bad way when he had those boils. Uh, he was in such a bad way. You remember as we read about his life, we, we saw him there at a point where even his friends, when they came to, to so-called comfort him, if you want to call it that, uh, they didn't even recognize him. And he was taking glass or pottery or something. He was scraping the scabs on his skin and he even had maggots eating his flesh. Uh, and Job was a good man, right? He was a righteous man. There was none like him. At that time, Job was well thought of by God because of his faithfulness. But even, even though he was very faithful to God, Satan still afflicted his body. I think about King Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. The Bible says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, Amos uh, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. He was very sick, wasn't he? He was nigh unto death. He was so sick. And Hezekiah had done some really good things for the Lord. It wasn't because he was an evil king or a bad person, just like it was the case with Job. And then I think about when we studied Daniel not long ago. In Daniel chapter 8, verse 27, the Bible says, And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days after he was, uh, was receiving those visions and everything. He was just so exhausted. Have you ever been so exhausted to the point that you actually became sick? You can overdo it. You can be so exalted. You can have so much on you, so much stress and so much work and so much that you just work yourself to pure exhaustion. And, and especially as you get older, I'm learning you don't bounce back nearly as quick as when you were young. And so uh, that's what happens. Sickness comes. It comes to our loved ones. It comes to us. And sickness can even be so bad that it, it brings death. You remember what it said about Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14? Now, Elisha was fallen sick, was uh, fallen sick of his sickness, wherefore he died. You remember Elisha was the prophet that took the place of Elijah. And he was a godly man, but he still got sick. And he, he was so sick that he died from his sickness. Sickness came to Elisha. I think about Dorcas in the New Testament, also known as Tabitha. In Acts chapter 9, verse 37, the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. And of course, we mentioned already the baby of David and Bathsheba. You remember, even though he fasted and he prayed and he, he pleaded with God to save the life of that sick Baby, the baby still died, 2 Samuel 12, verse 18. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. Sickness afflicts some for extended periods of time. Sometimes we get sick with viruses and flus and things like that, and they come and they go. It's not really that big a deal generally. 
It's a very short, uh, short experience. But then others, uh, they deal with health issues for long periods of time, maybe a whole lifetime. I think of some of you, uh, you're dealing, I think of Brother Jeff with his Crohn's disease. I mean, he's been fighting that for many years. Uh, and it, it's a battle and it, and it, uh, it causes him issues. Uh, it, it flares up. It gets worse at times. And, and, and some of you have different issues, but you've got, you've got health issues that, that you're battling and perhaps you've been battling for most of your life or at least for many years. Well, Timothy was like that. It appears uh, that he had some kind of stomach disorder that, that caused him problems because Paul said to him in 1 Timothy 5, verse 23, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine oft infirmities. And so he, he was, had issues quite often. You know, you may not realize this as, you know, unless you really go searching for this, but the Bible does speak of people in there being sick. You know, I, I've thought about Paul and Peter and many of them many times and, and how that they were always going and busy and doing and working. I thought, where's all their ailments? Why didn't the Bible talk about them having, you know, sickness and things like that? Well, they did. The Bible just doesn't mention it except on certain occasions. But when you start searching, it's, it's actually, it's really there. Aphrodite, uh, if you remember, um, the Bible speaks of him in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 27. And it says, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Aphrodite, my brother and companion in labor and in a fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants, for he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. And then he says in verse 27, for indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And so here's another man that had been sick and he came very close to death. Perhaps some of you have been sick at some time in your life. And maybe there were times when you thought you were not going to make it, that you were not going to survive. But you got better. So sometimes we, we get sick when sickness comes and, and we, we get better. Sometimes we don't get better. But sometimes we do, and sometimes we just have to work on it and deal with it for many, many years. I think about even the Apostle Paul. The Bible does say that, that he had a thorn in the flesh. Second um, Corinthians 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. No one really knows what that thorn in the flesh was. People have said it was his eyesight, and they've, they've named different things that they thought that this thorn in the flesh was. I don't know what it was, but I know this. He had some kind of issue that, that hind, it, 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 uh, it, didn't, it, didn't hind, it didn't stop him from doing the Lord's work, but it was a real challenge. It did hinder him to some degree because he had to deal with this thorn in the flesh, but it was given to him by God. To keep him humble is what he said. But he had something that he, he had to keep dealing with. So when sickness comes, 
And if we're, if we're blessed to be those that overcome the sickness, the thing we need to keep in mind is if I'm taken away from the, the worship and the work of the church because I have to be tended to or take care of myself, when things get better, we need to go back to work. We need to get busy again and not allow these things to keep us from uh, getting back in our places and pressing on doing the Lord's work. So as I was reading the article, the article was primarily about things that we need to know when sickness comes. And so there's three main points. I've changed them quite a bit from his, but they're very similar. Number one, the first thing we need to remember is that our sickness does not change God's love for us. It really doesn't. It is helpful to know that, that God's love for his children never changes. I need to know about God's love. I know there are a lot of people that all they want to hear about is God's love. And all they want to hear about is grace. And all they want to hear about is mercy. Well, I love to hear about God's love, his grace, and his mercy. I need to know. I need to hear. I need to be reminded. And when I get sick, I need to know that God's love for me is not going to change. There are times when you're sick and you're battling and you're, and you're fighting to try to get healthy and you're not able to do a lot of the things that you were doing when you were healthy and you may get to thinking, you, know, you may get depressed if you're shut in at home or even in the hospital or even a nursing home and you may begin to wonder, does God really love me? Well, he does. He loves us with an everlasting Love. The Bible says in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That's what God said by uh, what Jeremiah wrote that God, uh, that was said by God's people in that day. And then when we get to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, the Bible says, Charity never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. In other words, what he's showing you is a contrast, a contrast between love and these spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts would come to an end, and they have. When the Bible was completed, they cease to be, but not love. Love continues and especially God's love. God's love is an everlasting love. It's a love that will not cease. He will never stop loving you. Even when you're sick, even when you can't assemble to worship Him, and you can't go out and do the things that, that you do to serve Him, He still loves you. That's not going to change. You see, it was His love that drew us to Him in the first place. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 again. The Bible says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Why are you a Christian today? Is it not for God's loving kindness? 
Isn't that why you've been converted to, to Him, to serve Him, to love Him, and not yourself, and not Satan, and not this world? It's all because of His love for you, His everlasting love. That's how He has drawn us. You remember in John 6, 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. How did He draw us? How did the Father draw us? John chapter 12, verse 32 and 33. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Wasn't it the story of the old rugged cross that caused you to fall in love with God? To cause you to want him to be your father and Jesus Christ to be your savior? Isn't that where the power was? In John 3, 16, a wonderful passage. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is the giving of Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary, the, the love that was manifested there, the love that is seen by us that keeps us faithful to him today. If he did not love you, would you serve him the way you do? Would you have wanted him to be your father? Would you have been drawn to him if he hated you? No. Ephesians 5, 25, Paul wrote, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. It's that everlasting undying, unmatchable love that God has for us. And he has it for the whole world. That is the drawing power. That's why we need to be reminded of the everlasting love of God. The world needs to hear of that love because that's the drawing power. But we need to hear about it even after we obey the gospel because we need to know that our physical health or our lack thereof has nothing to do with God's love for us. How many times will people begin to feel like, well, if God really loved me, he would not let me be in this condition, to be in this shape. That's not anything to do with God's love. We've got to realize that. And we've got to realize it's not because we've done something that's evil. It's not God's punishment upon us when sickness comes. That's not the case. God's love will never end because it is based upon grace. And that love is not connected with the conditions of our bodies. Ephesians 2 verse 4 and 5. Paul wrote, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he quickeneth us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He died for us when we were still in our sins. It's not because that we have earned his love, or that we deserve his love. It's by the grace of God that he sent his son to die upon the cross so that we could be saved and so that we could love him in return. 
In John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Jesus knew that he was going to leave this whole world. He knew that his time was coming to an end. And here the Bible teaches that he never stopped loving his disciples. Sickness cannot cause him to stop loving us. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, And we have known and believe the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. If you will, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. I love this passage. It's very comforting. It's very comforting when you're sick, when you're not feeling well, when you're not able to do as you once did. We see that there's no power great enough to separate us from the love of God. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 35 of Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who or what? Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? I realize that the Bible teaches in Isaiah 59 verse 1 and 2 that our sins separate us from God, but does not separate us from his love. Even when we sin, he still loves us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible teaches that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So sin can separate us from God, but it does not separate his love from us. He still loves us. And so here he's talking about Christ, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Now notice, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, our sword? Shall any of these things separate us from the love of Christ? The answer is, of course, no. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You think of all those horrible things that can happen to one, but yet these things cannot separate from the love of Christ. And then he goes on and mentions that we are not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Paul says, for I am persuaded, he was convinced, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Paul said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He starts out that section and he says, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And then he closes it by saying, nothing can separate us from the love of God. 
So point number one, we need to keep in mind that sickness, when it comes, cannot change God's love for us. He loves us when we're well. He loves us when we're sick. He loves us when we're not as strong as we want to be in the faith. He still loves us. And I've mentioned to you many times about my mom telling my sisters one time, there's nothing you can do that will ever make me stop loving you. If a person can be that way, what about God? God says the same thing to us. There's nothing that can stop me from loving you. That does not mean that he will not punish those that become unfaithful and unrighteous and ungodly because he will. That does not mean that he will not chastise us in this life if we become unfaithful to him because the Bible teaches in Hebrews chapter 12 that he will. He chastises those that he loves. But he's not going to stop loving us because we become, because sickness comes to us or to our family members, our loved ones. He's still going to love us through it all. And there's something else we have to keep in mind. Although we may pray like David and we may pray diligently and we may pray faithfully and we may pray consistently and we may pray according to scripture, which we should, that does not mean that God is going to miraculously heal us or heal our loved ones that are sick. God works through his providence and we should pray. It's just like King David, when he was praying and he was fasting, and you remember when the child died, the, his servants were afraid to go tell him because they thought if he's acting like this while the child is sick, what is he going to act like when we tell him that the child is dead? And you remember what he did? He got up. When he heard, of course, he saw what they were doing, the way they were t whispering, and he, he knew then that most likely the child was dead. He got up. He cleaned himself up. And he went on with life, didn't he? They didn't understand that. Why he would act like that. And you remember he told them, uh, just paraphrasing, the child can't come back to me, but I can go be with the child. What a great attitude to have. What a great way to look at death because death is coming. It's coming for our loved ones. It's coming for our friends, just like Lazarus. You remember Lazarus, he died. Of course, Christ raised him from the dead. But he had to die again because he's not here. Death will come. Hebrews 9, 27 is appointed a man wants to die and after this the judgment. It's going to come. We, we may hurry it up if we do things that will cause it to come sooner or it may be delayed a little bit if we do things that we ought to do to help ourselves not be foolish and unwise. But it can only be put off so long. And unless there's an accident, an automobile accident, a gun accident, or something of that nature, or someone uh, takes our lives, most likely we will become sick with some sort of sickness. It might be multiple things. It may be just one main thing. But as a general rule, most people become sick, and then they pass. And oh, how hard it is. If you've heard me say many times, death is one of the hardest things that I deal with. 
I don't like that part of life. I like a lot of life, but I don't like when people die, when people I love, my friends, my families, uh, when they leave the walk to this life. But it's a necessary thing, and it's a, it's a common thing. It's something that's going to happen, and it's going to come our way. But when those around us, when sickness comes and they, they do not overcome it, we pray for them, we, we do everything we can, they do what they can to see the doctors and, and go to hospitals and everything is done, we need to be just like David. While they're sick, let's pray and plead with God that their lives will be spared. But if that is not the case, hopefully they're in Christ Jesus. And we'll realize those friends, loved ones, and family members cannot come back to us, but we have the hope of seeing them again in the resurrection. It does sadden us uh, greatly, but may we handle it like David did. And most importantly, if our friends and family members, our loved ones, are not in Christ Jesus. We know what's coming. We just don't know when or exactly how. We need to be busy. Number one, being the examples that we ought to be before them, but trying to reach them with the gospel some way. Teach them so that when the sickness comes to them and they leave the walk of this life, they go on to paradise and we can look forward to the time when we will see them again when our lives here are over. So know this, when you're sick, when sickness comes, it is not going to change God's love for you. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you don't want sickness to come to you and you being outside of Christ because it could cause you to lose your life. It could take your life from you. And where would you be without Christ? It has nothing to do with his love. He's already demonstrated his love for you, even if you're not a Christian. And he says to you, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus offers his invitation to the whole world. It's 24-7. Jesus says, come and I'll receive you. But you've got to come on his terms. And when you know that you are right with him, you're faithful in him, then no matter what sickness brings to you, you know that really to die, you'll only be better off. You see, our sadness, our weeping, when we lose those that we love, is, is not for them if they're faithful in Christ Jesus. It's for us, our pain. No different than it was when Lazarus died. And you remember his siblings and his friends and all, they were, they were weeping. They were sad, just like we are. But the best thing that we can do for those that love us is make sure that we are faithful in Christ Jesus, Revelation 2.10. And they can know then that they can see us again if they'll do likewise.
So if you haven't obeyed the gospel, we encourage you to do so by obeying the gospel plan of salvation, which includes hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, John 3, 16, and repenting of your sins, Acts 2, 38, and by confessing him before men, Acts 8, 37, and then by being baptized to have your sins washed away, Acts 22, Acts 22, 16, and in order to be saved, 1 Peter 3, 21. If you're here, you need to obey the gospel, do it now. We, you never know when sickness will come, and you never know if you'll overcome the sickness or not overcome the sickness, but you know this, there's coming an end, and God loves you. If you're here and you need to respond, once you come, as together we stand and sing.